the house. My spiritual father, Pastor Brent Locker. It's a good night, don't you think? It's going to get even better. Gooder. Gooder. Um, tonight we have a, a theme uh, going about um, reaching out, taking the love we're going to get that we keep getting here and taking it out. And um, we're gonna, I want to start by telling you that our, our uh, elder team, we've been getting a lot of dreams lately. Most of you should know by now that God still does speak through dreams. I hope you know that. I'm not saying every dreams of God and all that stuff. We've got to have to use some discernment, but he does still speak through dreams. And we've been getting dreams about the harvest that is coming um, and, and get ready, get ready kind of stuff. Um, and um, also, um, Suzanne had a dream that I want her to share personally with you. Um, in fact, I'm not even going to intro it. Just come on up and share this dream with her. Okay, this was a good one. This was after, um, so Sunday morning I woke up, and it was the Sunday after we had done the, uh, the victory. We were declaring that we were no longer a victim and we were victorious. Remember that? And, and all of us went through that. Powerful. We are powerful, and then we are victorious. And um, we drew a, basically a, a line in the sand here, and we all stepped over it. And I know that many of you experienced um, something real that happened that night. So, um, I mean, it was an amazing night. We had portals, we had visions, we had angels. And so um, with my spirit that full as I went to bed that night, I woke up the next morning, and what it was... Um, I, I was a wedding coordinator, and in real life, I am a, a wedding coordinator, but um, I was with a wedding party, and it was people that I knew, and um, in fact, a wedding that I had already done, and, um, but as I'm looking around, and I see, all of a sudden, I see a ton of people, and I realize it's a bunch of wedding parties, I mean, countless multitudes of wedding parties, and, um, and I, we're entering this huge cathedral-like almost maybe even like a stadium, but it was a big place. And um, everybody was decked out. They were ready for their wedding. And it, it just so happened that there was a, a family nearby, and it turned out to be when somebody in my family. And, um, and I looked at them, and they're, they're calling out to me, and I'm looking at them, and I don't recognize them because they are just outrageously beautiful. I'm, they were just glowing. And one of the cousins that stood out, her name is Faye. And for those of you that speak Spanish, Faye means faith. And it was just this beautiful faith. And so everybody was streaming in to this huge cathedral. And later I know, I remembered there's no bride. Everyone is still waiting for the bride and she's coming. So get ready. So this is Jesus uh, in, in the book of uh, Matthew 22.8. He says, the wedding is ready. Uh, so go to the main crossroads and invite everyone you can find to come to the wedding. Uh, understand something. We did, we talk, we are, we're talking about the harvest that's, that's coming. But understand that Jesus said, go. 
he told us to go. Yes, the harvest is coming, but we got to go get them. He said, go, I want you to go out to the highways, the byways. I want you to find them, bring them in. Um, and and uh, <laughs> last year when I was at uh, Uganda, I, I, went to, I got to some pretty busy crossroads, like scary busy crossroads, nothing like here in the States. But I'm just imagining, in other words, go to the places where the people are. Go to where they are. And, and for too long, Christians have been saying, oh, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I don't want to get you know, tainted with that. It's time for us to grow up, to know who we are, and to bring the light into the places that need it. And, and so um, tonight, we are going to encourage you in one way, shape, or another, some, in some way, get out there go and go for it. And in case any of you want to disqualify yourselves of saying, well, I'm not really ready enough. I don't know what to say. It's all about releasing the love in your heart. The love that he's pouring in, you're releasing it out. Just make it simple. And and you can, you can grow. The more you actually get out there and start interacting with people and loving them and, and uh, when, when the opportunities arise telling about, about Jesus, I promise you, it just becomes a way of life. It's just who you are. It's no longer, it's no longer an evangelistic, you know, uh, whatever, event. It's just who you are. Um, oh, here we go. I got to go back one second because what we're inviting him into is, um, is this is awesome, but, but really we are inviting him into a party. This is what we're inviting him into. now <laughs> okay we're done Let's all celebrate and have a good time. we're done right there i just thought i would do that for fun just to wake you up but i love i love the images of the banquet tables and stuff but honestly this is probably a lot more like jesus really um in other words we're, we're inviting them to something amazing something that's fun and we and you guys know that we you've been here for a while you know that being in the Lord's presence is fun. Um, and so that's what we're inviting him into. We have an amazing, we have amazing good news to share. This is Jesus in Matthew 10, 6 to 8. He says, as you go, proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. Uh, this is where he says, I want you to go heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Freely you've received, freely give. So what, what you've received he says, go give it away. Um, and interesting where, where Jesus says, uh, proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. Remember something. He was talking to his disciples. He hadn't died yet. He hadn't been raised up yet and gone to heaven. But now he says, I live in you. So if he were to say that now, the kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. It's coming still, but it's absolutely here. It's not somewhere just out of our reach anymore. It's inside of us. And, um, and so what, what have we freely received? Forgiveness, love, acceptance, permission to be ourselves, our real selves. And this is what we get to release with power also. Signs and wonders come along with it. That's all part of a, pack, a package deal. But uh, I want to encourage you to extend mercy to people who don't deserve it because that's how you got in. 
Do not forget that. That's how you got in. Right? Thank you, thank you, thank you for those amens. Yes. Because, because the church, unfortunately, has been famous for judging people. And it's not helping our cause. We have a father that says, I love my kids. Yep, they're pretty messed up. That's why they need a savior. So who's going to give them mercy and love them as they are in their messed up conditions? We are, all of us, still needing a savior every day of our lives, right? So we, we've got to stop judging people and, and, and uh, move out there. I want to share a quick story with you. Um, when I was in San Francisco, this was probably uh, 10 years ago or so now, it's the first time that I actually went out um, to San Francisco on, on that outreach um, that Bob Johnson was leading many years ago. And um, the very first people that we came to, so here I'm at, it was a new experience. What's going to happen out here going to minister to the homeless? I wasn't scared, but I was kind of, you know, you, you're a little, hmm, wondering what's going to happen. What's this going to be like? First people that we meet, they're in this this doorway of a, of a you know, shop that's closed. And so they're, they're just getting some shelter and um, and so we started, we went up to him, we gave him food, we started to speak um, kind things to them, good things, what the Father's heart is for them. And then I noticed one, a guy over to the side who was completely, um, completely out of it. And um, I found out, you know, pretty quickly he was very intoxicated to the point where he just was just out of it. So actually after, when, when these people were still ministering, our group was still giving them food, I went over to this guy and I and I um, and I just kind of leaned down for a little bit and um, you know started speaking to him, not getting a lot of response yet. And um, and while I was down there, I, I I began just to say to him, "There's a father who loves you with all of his heart. You're his son. You're his boy. He has not forgotten you." And and you know you kind of wonder as I'm saying this, is anything getting in? And he never he never looked when I said that. But this tear started rolling down his cheek. And so I kept, I kept telling him, he, he wants you. He loves you. You're his son. You know, come on back home. And, and as I'm saying these, finally, he just kind of looks at me bleary-eyed like, who are you? But I want to tell you that love, love breaks through everything. And, and especially it breaks through our, judge, our judgment. When we, when, we, when we make love the higher goal. Um, it's not our job to make everybody live right. I'm just letting you process that one. Someone was given to us as a gift, Holy Spirit. He's the one that actually begins to move in people's lives who want truth, who want freedom, and begins to clean them up just like he's doing with all of us, right? And Jesus also said in Matthew 25, 40, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did for me. You know, Lord, when did we, when did we do that? When did we, when did we feed you? When did we clothe you? Oh, didn't, didn't you know? Whenever you did it for one of these, you did it for me. I use this picture in just a little bit. We're actually going to hear about prison ministry this, uh, tonight. But um, I, this is probably now going back 20 years. Um, I, was, I was at a prison weekend, um, a Kairos weekend, which was like a retreat for, for the prisoners. And um, I started to truly love these guys, like fall in love with these men who really loved Jesus. Yep, they made some mistakes that put them in prison. And then they woke up and realized what, what their life was about. 
and, and who they wanted. And so one day we were, we were all worshiping and, um, I was actually very similar to this. You know, this is not that, that place, but a very similar looking. And I was in the back worshiping as well. And, um, right in the middle of worship, Jesus overtook me and, and started speaking so clearly to me. And this is what he told me as I was looking at all the guys, he said, that's me. And that's me. And that's me. And that's me. And I just started bawling. I was just sobbing because, you know, it just seems like a good story. Like, oh, Jesus said, when he did it to me, did it to them, you did it to me. It's not a good story. It's actually true. And he's going to show you one day. And the, and the Bible talks about how, how um, the bride is making herself ready, right? In, in Revelation, it says, actually, the bride's making herself ready by the good deeds of the saints. And that really bothers some Christians because they say, wait a minute. It's not our good deeds that get us into heaven. And I say, absolutely true. It's not. It's the blood of Jesus. It's you agreeing what Jesus paid for on your behalf that makes you right with God, period. That's it. So what's that verse about? Oh, because it's about how the bride is adorned. And it didn't. it's not about you making yourself ready. It's about the saints, all of us, making the bride, all of us, look beautiful. See, he made us to look beautiful in this world. He made us to be lovers. He made us to, to want to help and to set people free. That's who we are. And somehow we're, we're all going to be adorned with all of that. I don't know how that works, but I just think that's pretty darn cool. And so if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And you might be thinking, Brent, what does that have to do with what you just told us? about, about um, going out, reaching out, loving people? Because I want to read the very next line to you. This is the verse that we all know so well. Uh, when you accept Jesus, you're a new creation. Here, I'm going to read this from the Heart of Paul version, but it's, uh, it's 2 Corinthians. The very next verse is after this. says, this new, this new life and new perspective comes from God who has brought us back to himself in Jesus Christ. And then he's given us the task of announcing that all things have been put right between us and him. What? There's your, there's your job description with what you do with your new nature. Let me keep going. You see, God was acting in Christ to make the relationship between all creation and himself a harmonious one, not by counting persons guilty who have gotten off the track. And he has entrusted to us this message that all is now right between everyone and himself. So now we are ambassadors for Christ. Isn't that amazing? When we talk about, you know, when Bill teaches about the prophetic and about we're giving encouraging words, we're seeing the treasures that really bothers some believers. They're like, well, who's going to tell them that they're messed up and they're, they're screwing up and they, you know, who's going to tell them this stuff? Well, well, ultimately God is, but, but the problem is not that they're not aware of that. Most people are actually very aware of how far, far short they're falling. What they're not aware of is that there's a father who loves them with all of his heart and there's a savior who's going to turn things around for them. That's the good news that we get to proclaim. Wow. I think, I think, um, let me just see what's next. Yeah. So I'm going to go back. Whoa. Wow. We're going to hear it in one second. 
Um, I thought that was the next slide. I actually, I condensed and made this as meaty, yummy, good in a few minutes as I could for you. Because actually, I think you get the point about why we're supposed to go out, why we get to, not supposed to, we get to, like we, we can't hold this back anymore. Um, we get to go out with the love. And so tonight, um, we're going to hear from several different people about different ways that they're getting involved. And um, the first is going to be um, Gloria, who I'm going to introduce in just a moment. She uh, oversees uh, Tri-Valley City Serve. And uh, she'll explain all about that. But first, we're just going to watch a little video, um, which kind of will intro this. And then we're also going to hear from some others tonight. And let me just say this. This isn't just for you to listen and go, well, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. It is cool uh, that these things are going on. But we're, we're trying to, you know, put a little salt on your tongue to make you thirsty to go actually join some people and go do something. Um, that's the goal of this. All right. So here we go. This is. Just a quick promo for uh, City Surf. Everyone likes to be a helper. You know, help others with their time stable. Jump super high off the swings. Find a place to sit for lunch. Help our teacher hand out papers. That's what City Surf of the Tri Valley does. It sends people to help nonprofits in our valley, help kids with their homework, help hungry people find a hot meal, help sick people get better. Help our soldiers who return from war. Help older people not to be alone. City serve of the Tri-Valley. Be a helper. No question, there's one image that stands out, isn't there? (laughs) Okay, that's pretty funny. Um, Roger Valsey is the pastor up at Valley Christian in Dublin. Very good friend. In fact, Roger and Mike, who you met earlier, and I actually spend time, just the three of us together. Uh, We kind of go deep together. It's pretty awesome. Um, Roger is an amazing gift to this region. He, before he pastored up at Dublin, he uh, was over in Fremont, and he was doing something called CityServe over there, where the churches were getting together and serving the nonprofits, which we'll hear about in a minute. And somehow we won the lottery because God sent Roger right over here to us. And so when he started joining our pastor's prayer group and, and, uh, you know, relationship group, he started bringing this whole element of, of serving together. It's brilliant. It's amazing. And, and one of the people who makes this really run, like one of the ones that if she were ever, like she doesn't want to be noticed, but if she ever weren't there, things would fall apart really quickly. That's her. Anyway, uh, please honor Gloria Gregory. She's going to talk to us about Tri-Valley City Surf. Ah, thanks very much. I appreciate the chance to be here tonight. It's a, it's a pleasure and a thrill for me. In a number of Paul's letters to churches in the New Testament, his greetings include phrases like, I always thank God for you, or I thank my God whenever I remember you. Well, that's how I feel about you here at Blazing Fire. Whenever I remember you, I thank my God for you. And here's why. Because through your senior pastor and your support of him, uh, Pastor Brent, you've been key in the influence among the group of about 10 churches that started supporting City Serve of the Tri-Valley about three years ago. 
And uh, you've helped grow it into a vision that's beyond what we ever thought it would be, really, already. Um, you've been faithful to encourage our efforts, and God's provided many open doors to us to partner with each other, each other as churches, as well as secular and Christian nonprofits in our area, local uh, city and council, uh, county leaders, and schools, school districts. It's been really quite amazing. Your church uh, maintains connection with us at CityServe, as well as each member church does, with someone who serves as a CityServe liaison. Pam Linker. Pam, wave your hand. <laughs> Pam is a delightful woman, you know, who accepted the responsibility and fun of being your liaison to CityServe. And I've so enjoyed Pam's positive, encouraging spirit over the couple of years I've gotten to know her. She's been very faithful to serve. Thank you, Pam. Well, our mission at CityServe is to serve people God loves by sending volunteers in the local church to nonprofits in our area and by coordinating resources in our churches together, as well as resources in our communities and uh, cities to meet the needs of people in our location. The primary way we're seeking to take God's love into our communities is by serving at nonprofits whose purpose is to meet human service needs, uh, things like food, uh, clothing, uh, shelter, uh, medical care, uh, Shepherd's Gate, Tri-Valley Haven, Hope Hospice, Valley Pregnancy Center, um, Open Heart Kitchen throughout Tri-Valley. In fact, our, on our website, you can find information for over 30 nonprofits right here in the Tri-Valley that you can connect with. You can read a little bit about them and understand how you can volunteer and who to contact to get involved. As we've joined together to serve in our communities, we've noticed a need for an organization that really provided a more comprehensive uh, uh, list of services because you can't go anywhere and find our church uh, resources listed along with the public nonprofits or the city resources. So we're doing that. Uh, we, we list resources like divorce care. Whenever one of our churches uh, has a program uh, uh, focused on the issue of divorce, divorce care, uh, celebrate recovery, um, financial peace, um, a parenting class. All those are things that people out in the community need. But, you know, in the past, we didn't even know each other was offering them, much less people outside our churches. So now our cities are beginning to know, our nonprofits are beginning to know, oh, wow, look, here's some, some of the programs our churches are offering that help solve problems and help care for people in our communities. Thanks. Um, also, um, our website lists current serving opportunities. We update it about three times a week, and we hear from our nonprofits like Shepherd's Gate, Tri-Valley Haven. Hey, we have a need for this. In fact, every Sunday, Open Heart Kitchen emails us, here are the needs we have for the upcoming week. So if you're looking for something to do, just check our website, please. You'll find something for sure. And I know that uh, many of you are from outside the Tri-Valley, so you know there's an East Bay volunteer website also that you can go to and, uh, and find volunteer opportunities where you live. 
Uh, I think it's East Bay Volunteers, but I'll get that exact. As a matter of fact, I'm going to start listing it on our CityServe uh, newsletter because they offer sometimes group volunteering opportunities that we don't know about necessarily that are even in our area sometimes, like Habitat for Humanity. I, I saw that on our, you know, there's a, uh, a couple of projects in Livermore right now for Habitat for Humanity. So uh, in May of 2011, we began publishing a CityServe newsletter that looks like this. This is the current edition. And uh, the newsletter is posted on our website each month, and it features what we as churches are doing to serve our communities. One Saturday every three months, one of our CityServe churches here in Pleasanton offers a respite care afternoon on a Saturday. As a matter of fact, today was one of those Saturdays. Uh, families with special needs kids can drop off the kids, their siblings, the special need kids, and have a three-hour chunk of time to just plan something that they want to do or take care of. Now, that's a wonderful way to proactively show God's love to our communities, isn't it? So we list that. Again, it's something that uh, we used to not even know that church did. But now we know about it and we can tell others about it. Uh, other church, uh, churches provide some of the things I mentioned. There's a family outreach to the needy in Livermore the second Saturday of every month at Cornerstone Fellowship. Uh, coordinates, and they, they actually kind of have adopted 20 families to mentor them over a six- or nine-month period to make a difference in their lives. And you know why it's limited to 20? Because they need bilingual prayer coaches. And if they had more bilingual prayer coaches from some of our other churches, that ministry can expand. Just learned that last week. So we're going to have a program. Let's get some more of those prayer coaches on board. The newsletter also features um, current volunteer needs or opportunities to serve our communities like the Pleasanton Police Citizens Academy that just started here in Pleasanton, East Bay Stand Down, don't know if you're familiar with that one, every other year in August at the county fairgrounds, uh, homeless and at-risk veterans are rounded up from nine counties around here to come for four days to the fairgrounds, and it takes tons of, of volunteers to minister to those folks. This is one of those years, so uh, it's in our newsletter um, this month to sign up and uh, show that you're going to be part of helping those vets. CityServe continues to be valued by more Tri-Valley churches as a way to unite and serve more effectively together. Last month, our CityServe member church number grew to 17. All right, 17 churches working together. All our member churches are listed on our monthly newsletter, and the newsletter goes out to over 100 community and church leaders here locally. You know, the cities are starting to pay some attention, and the nonprofits are starting to pay some attention. They're seeing us as a... As a working together, just plain uh, a force that's really um, more, even more interested in the community than they've thought of us as before. Um, the major way we coordinate resources between our churches, cities, nonprofits, and schools is through bi-monthly CityServe community meetings. Every other month, we have a meeting at a community or member church location, and representatives from churches, nonprofits, cities, schools, and businesses, it's grown over the last two years so that now all those 
uh, types of organizations are, are being represented, they attend, and we feature two or three nonprofits or a church community service program at each meeting so we can learn more about uh, how we can work together better, and also we have a chance to discuss the needs we see that need some additional focus in our communities. We'll be having a community meeting this coming Tuesday. Pam will be there, right, Pam? Okay. And our agenda includes the couple who manage the Livermore Homeless Refuge Center. They'll be telling us about their perspective on homelessness in Livermore right now and in our Tri-Valley. A representative from Child Care Links to educate us on low-cost child care locally. And Gene Noakes. Have you ever heard of Gene Noakes? Good. Well, he has a, uh, a uh, employment uh, seminar or, or group, support group at St. Raymond Church that meets every Monday night at 7 o'clock. So if you know anyone who's underemployed or unemployed who would like some help, he's there every Monday at 7. And uh, he's going to speak to us on Tuesday and just help us understand more about what he's doing. Now, if you know Gene at all, he does a lot more than employment coaching, too. He helps people all the time with housing needs, with medical needs, with uh, anything they need, really, transportation. So he'll be a pleasure to hear on Tuesday. In the months we don't have a CityServe community meeting, we have a CityServe liaison meeting. We keep it to just us churches, and that lets us pray more and lets us just talk about how we can serve more and serve better the nonprofits that we're working with. In early 2013, the mayor of Dublin, having been aware of our work for about four years, was so supportive of us that he encouraged us to apply for a city grant. We just kind of went with the flow and we applied. And they gave us $5,000 for a grant. That was great. That took us to a new level because then we could have an office. We were operating out on the trunk of my car in my living room for about four years. So now we got an office, and by God's grace, a businessman in Dublin gave us a half price off of a, a nice office in an executive business park. And so now we've been there for a little over a year. Part of that uh, uh, process of getting the grant meant we had to become an official nonprofit ourselves, a 501c3. So we went through that process. It took us about nine months, but we are today a 501c3. And uh, so we applied again this year for a grant, and guess what? We asked for $12,000, and we got $12,000. <laughs> so now we can just do more and more. And, you know, I have a vision. We really do need an emergency shelter in the Tri-Valley. Uh, for men, especially a man, there's no place that he can go to get emergency shelter unless you go to Hayward. Even so, people who need some place tonight like that, you can't get into Tri-Valley Haven or Shepherd's Gate. So we need something like that. So I see us, I think God is blessing us so much so that we can be a part of solving some real society problems like that. We now as a 501c3 can write grants once we get ourselves uh, organized in a way to do that to, um, to government um, 
agencies as well as um, secular foundations. And maybe if it's God's will, we can be part of solving uh, the issue of an emergency shelter. Uh, let's see. Well, let's look at just a few pictures of some ways city service moved us out of the uh, churches into the community. This is one morning at Camp Parks. Camp Parks is a beautiful story. We got connected because I um, can't even remember how we met the chaplain, but asked her if there was anything we could do. This was about a year and a half ago. She said, well, we could really use some help with music at Christmas Eve. So we said, hey, we're going to do it. And we had a team that showed up and and then uh, we started talking about Vacation Bible School. She said, wow, I'd love to have help with Vacation Bible School. So seven churches got together. We did Vacation Bible School. But this picture was a group of us, about four churches came together and cooked pancakes for the military families on Camp Parks on, uh, I think this is actually Columbus Day. It was a day the schools were out and, and it just seemed like a good idea. Let's cook breakfast for the military families. So that's uh, that one. This one is at Easter Seals Kaleidoscope. Are you familiar with that organization? It's an after-school program for de developmentally disabled youth age 5 to 22. And we first visited them about five years ago, or maybe four and a half. Just went over, some of us, about four of us volunteered to help at a softball game. We toured the place and said, wow. This could use a repainting, it could use a deep clean, uh, several things. And here is, after a few years, we had one, one woman, you'll meet her in a minute in the slide. She said, wow, this asphalt is so plain. Wouldn't it be fun to have a yellow brick road and a maze and just make it fun for the kids? Well, this was a volunteer day, and there they are painting the, the yellow brick road. And we'll go on. I think it'll give us a, a little bigger view. You can see the hopscotch. You can see the maze in the back. And so I think uh, Easter Seals Kaleidoscope is one of our, our number one stories of coming into an organization and not just saying, here we are, what do you need us to do? Coming in with eyes to say, we can bless you. Let us do this. How about this? They just love the creative spirit. Here, and one thing the director there said, you know, I've always wanted a kaleidoscope on the end of the building by the playground. Now, you know, God is so amazing, isn't he? So he provided a woman who was retired and used to do murals for Kaiser in the city. And just a, somebody that one of our volunteers' wives met and she mentioned this need at Kaleidoscope. The woman came out, and we got a group of volunteers that painted, uh, you know, plywood. She had the whole design. She told them how to cut it. She directed the painting. The students did some of the painting. Isn't that a beautiful story? Here we are again at Kaleidoscope. We've got uh, a garden that's being planted. We've got one of the students there learning how to plant some uh, stuff. This before, incidentally, was just a dirt, just a piece of dirt. No grass, nothing. And then our volunteer, who's our core volunteer, she said, let's do some gardening. So here's the kids are out planting. And then the next slide, uh, some more kids planting. <laughs> one more. And then we'll see, this is Sally. She's our core volunteer, retired teacher, 
After teaching, she went into the Peace Corps, and now she goes to Kaleidoscope at least once a week. There's the garden after it grew. She teaches the kid how, kids how to make salads, uh, how to uh, cook uh, with solar heating to make soup out of these vegetables. Another beautiful story. This is a group of um, boys, or, yeah, Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts from Pathway Community Church, one of our member churches, who volunteered at the Dublin Pride Food Drive for the food bank in Dublin. So we uh, just came up with that idea. It hadn't been part of Dublin Pride before. We just said, wow, how about if we just have some uh, folks at grocery stores and collect food for the food bank? So now that's a regular part of Dublin Pride. So that was just a few of the pictures I uh, wanted to share with you. <laughs> well, one of the things we've come to realize as we, as we continue with CityServe is that God intended to bless us in ways we weren't even thinking of when we started by serving together. Uh, I've even made wonderful relationships with people at a church I've gone to for over 20 years who've gone there for just about as long as I have, but I never knew them until we both volunteered to, to work together on something. So new friendships have come up. Of course, friendships with people outside our church because we're working together in different uh, nonprofits and locations. And also the opportunity to make a difference through prayer and practical help in individual lives. You know, when you serve at nonprofits, you, may, you first start out thinking, well, I'm here to help Open Heart. I'm here to help uh, Tri-Valley Haven. But you know, God has more in mind than that. Every time, doesn't he? Every time. He's going to connect us with individuals. Individuals that we're going to pray with as the opportunity comes and with their permission. Individuals that we will have a relationship sometimes with for two years or more. A young man who was sleeping in the field in South Livermore that one of us met at, uh, the, at the Livermore Homeless Refuge Center thought he'd never have a job again, got laid off in some, you know, not great circumstances, and uh, he's 28, and uh, over the last two years through CityServe, he now has a car, he's had about six jobs, but he's, wor he's not given up, he is living he's reconciled with his mother they had had problems they weren't talking at all so you know god has a much bigger agenda and uh, just to just to mention again what we're doing together that's a big thing that's bringing us together as churches you know we talked about uh, doing vacation bible school at camp parks last year well that brought a vision to let's do a community vacation bible school type thing this year, by God's grace, we now have been approved to use the northeast corner of Emerald Glen Park. That's a big park in Dublin for four days the last week of June to have a kid's camp. And it's going to be Weird Animals. It's a vacation Bible school program. And we're going to sing songs about Jesus, and we're going to play games, and we're going to invite the community. It's not just going to be church kids. So, <laughs> praise God. Also, we, you know, I, I could go on and on, but we've gotten very connected with the school district through the child uh, welfare staff. 
they are now, they see that we really do help people. You know, we're not like a Band-Aid. We say uh, there's a problem, maybe they need a resource for food or they've got a late utility bill. And incidentally, we do, when we find out a financial need, we send out an email to churches and say, here's the need and God provides. And so we're getting more and more. Now we have a monthly meeting, CityServe does, with the child welfare staff at the Livermore School District. They ask for it. They want to meet with us because they see, they said, they say, you know, this cutting issue, the heroin issue, it's bigger than they can handle. And now they, they aren't yet asking us to pray about it, but they're going to figure out <laughs> that it's an issue nobody can handle unless God's involved. So, <laughs> you know, they refer families to us. And we pray with them. One woman I was visiting because uh, they were having, every, every, every story has a lot of details, but every time I went, I'd pray with her, and she always appreciated it. Not involved in church now, but heading that way, talking about getting her two-year-old into a class to learn about Jesus. So praise God for those opportunities. We all will have them. We all will have them if we're just out there. So, you know, if you want to help somebody, uh, go to a place like, do some serving at Open Heart Kitchen. I guarantee you, you just, you just look, and sometimes you'll see somebody, think maybe they need more than food, send up a prayer, check with the Holy Spirit, go ask them, you'll be blown away about with what he does. All right, well, I, uh, I want to just mention that I want to read a scripture to you, if I could, a couple of them, that just confirms that what we're doing, it really, we know God's blessing it, and, and he tells us in the scripture, 2 Corinthians 2.14, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ, and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. That's the whole principle. We don't have to be preaching to anybody. He's in us. He's with us. He's going to come through us if we're out there, right? For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one were the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. So everyone's in process. When I read that, I said, wow, everybody's in process, either being saved or perishing. Our job is to work together to give our society a unified picture of Christ's church and encourage them to move closer to Christ. And then about two years ago, we discovered a book that has added fuel to our fire. If you want to be inspired about the difference churches can make working together and working with nonprofits, this is a book to read. It's called Transform a City. And um, in it... Uh, a scripture particularly stood out that the author said really convinced him that it's very important for us to work together. And that's John 20, uh, John 17, verses 20 to 23. I want to read those to you now. This is Jesus. It's just about the last prayer he gave before he went to the cross. And he's talking to the disciples. Well, he's talking to God, <laughs> but the disciples are there too. My prayer is not for them alone. He's just finished uh, praying for the disciples. I also pray for those who will believe in 
me through their message. That's us. That's everybody since the disciples. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you're in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Doesn't that say it all? That's Jesus' heart prayer that we're working together, that the world sees us as one church, as one body, his body, to share his love. So the vision is for CityServe to be a community-valued nonprofit that effectively ties all Bible-based, Christ-serving churches together, working as one to demonstrate God's love and provision to everyone. Thank you for being an important part of the vision. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Wonderful reception. I appreciate that so much. Well, now it's my pleasure to to introduce a friend that I would not know were it not for CityServe because that's how we met. Uh, This this woman uh, has years of ministry experience in uh, jail and prison ministry and lots of stories to go with that experience. God prepared her, God started preparing her, and now he's placed her, and she has been for a number of years, a leader in prison and jail ministry here in our Bay Area. And uh, it's my pleasure now to introduce to you Leslie Arroyo, uh, prison ministry leader at The Well and elsewhere. Well, this is way too much fun. Doesn't Jesus look good on her? (laughs) He looks real good in this place too. You know, when I came in here, I said to Gloria, I love to go to other parts of the family. See, I always wanted to be in a big family. Never had any brothers with all girls. And I said, it's so much fun to go see my relatives. That's how I feel tonight. We're, We're here and... You know that God is moving. I'm I'm an old lady. I've been around this valley for a long time, more than half of my life. And as Pastor Brent was talking, I thought to myself, do you remember how he was talking about the bride and how she is to be adorned? I feel like we moved here in 1978. And then we moved away for a minute, and then we got moved back. Now, thanks be to God who knows all things that we didn't sell our property, right? And when I came back, something had happened. And I thought, hmm, we were singing, uh, there's a mighty wind blowing when I left. And when I got back, I couldn't even find a breeze. I thought, what happened? And as you were talking, I thought, At some point, we took off our garment and we went to sleep. We took a nap or something. And man's ways seem to have gotten kind of, or we, somebody got confused. Anyway, you know 
And when I came back, I prayed and I said, Lord, what am I seeing? What happened? What's going on? Help me. Because I, we're all one, as we've talked about tonight. And um, he said, well, there's a little bit of a whirlwind going on, but there will come a time when you will see again the wind blowing and the wheat going in the same direction. And um, in the interim, in the interim, and I'm speaking to some people in this room because you've had a common experience. He's done a mighty work in the heart of those that have learned to worship in the wilderness. And you know that the Spirit of God is moving when people stop talking about their church and they start talking about the body of Christ once again. Amen? So... We've been telling stories tonight, and she's right. I, I, I love stories. Um, you know, back in the day when they didn't have the book, that's what they told was stories. They talked about the word of the Lord. They were talking about the word of the Lord that came by the Spirit confirming the scriptures of old. Well, here's one story, and it's probably of the most beautiful for those of us who understand through the scriptures and our experience with the Holy Spirit and knowing that God drew us to himself for himself and now he wants to send us out once again for himself through him. Um, I was part of a gospel choir back in the 90s and our leader came in one time and, and she said, I had a dream last night. Now, we've talked about numerous dreams, right? Came up here, and, of course, everybody's leaning. As soon as we hear a dream, a dream, a dream, a dream, what's the interpretation going to be? What is God going to say? And she came in, and she said, it was a Macedonian dream. There's a cry coming from none less than Camp Parks. Well, what was Camp Parks? Camp who? Who's Parks? <laughs> Military compound. Women's prison in a military compound? Well, that's how far away I was from my understanding. Now, I knew to go into all the world. And how many of you have been touched by incarceration? In one venue or another? How many of you have been incarcerated yourself? How many of you are lying because everybody's hand should be up. How many have been incarcerated? Ah, they're my spiritual folk. Okay, so, so there's a women's prison there, and we began to pray because obviously God was saying there's a call to go into this prison. Well, so we call like good volunteers. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Good church folk, you call up and say, hey, here we are. We want to come be a blessing to your prison. And the chaplain said, we don't want you, we don't need you, and we don't want too many Christians in here. Well, praise the Lord. Okay, now what do we do? Go back to the dream board. So we began to pray. We said, Lord, indeed, if you have said, you will perform that thing for which you've called us. So we prayed, and we prayed some more, and we prayed some more, and we prayed some more, and for two years we prayed. And then one fine day they called us, and they said, 
hmm, there's some women in here that have come from facilities around the country and they want to have a church and they have rights, you know. Yes, sir, we know they have rights. They have rights under the Constitution. They have rights. And they want to have a choir. Well, we don't know what to do with a choir. Could you help us with the choir? And we said, oh, we've been waiting for you to ask. So that's how my first experience happened in that particular venue of going into a prison. Now, I'd been into one before, but going that way was the way that I was introduced to the Church of Jesus Christ in the incarcerated venue. There were five women that indeed God had drawn from the north, the south, the east, and the west to plant a church in the Tri-Valley behind the walls. And they were fasting and they were praying and crying out to God and saying, we've read your word, O God. And it says here that there are Titus two women that will disciple us. So we're going to take you at your word and we're going to ask until you send that which you promised. We had the privilege of being the answer. Once God opened the door for us to walk in, the favor fell on the right and the left. And some of us had not really much of an idea of, well, what do I have to offer? And you see, until you meet the need, you don't really understand what you have. But we've been consumers for a long, long time. And I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to hear Jesus say you're fat and sleek and lazy. I want him to hear him say, oh, you're ready to go and hang out where I hung out. So that began a journey for me and... Um, has turned into a, a glorious experience and I've been the one that's been changed from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. And that work is still going on at Camp Parks. Um, not because of me, but because God has purposed in his heart. We read it in his word. He gave us a mandate. Pastor shared with us the way in which the incarcerated part of our family has touched his life. Um, I oversee the prison ministry for my particular corner of the kingdom. Uh, we are in San Quentin. I know that uh, you are from various areas um, in, in the Bay Area from what Gloria was describing to me. Not all of you are here in the Tri-Valley. So we're at San Quentin. We're in the, the um, uh, Richmond and some of the, the uh, county facilities as well as the county jail. Uh, but also what happened to us at Camp Parks was that as we discipled the women and God gave us favor and we really birthed many into the kingdom, when it came time for them to leave, our hearts were broken because it was like birthing a child and sending them out in the street and telling them to have a nice life, we'll pray for you. Because policy says that we're not to have relationship with those if we volunteer and go in. Um, we're not supposed to have relationship with them on the outside because the system 
wants to protect us. Well, obviously, that's a nice thought from their perspective. <laughs> but <laughs> protecting us from those bad Christians <laughs> is obviously not our perspective. But God has given us a way and a strategy to provide aftercare, transitional care. And uh, what uh, Gloria and I, what brought us together is uh, a vision that God gave us called Open Arms Transitional Care, whereby we are the open arms helping um, those brothers and sisters coming out to get involved in the, in the local church as well as making sure that all of their needs are met. Last I read in Acts 2, we had all things in common. And they are incredulous that there are really people that believe that. And you can imagine we have guys that have come out of San Quentin after 20 and 25 years, incredible, awesome men of God, but they're little boys and they're really scared when they hit that door and they wonder if all the promises that they heard come through the mouth of the saints that came to do the drive-by in the chapel service and teach the word was going to be fleshed out when they get out on the other side. So we are their surprise because we are who we say that we are. <laughs> and so um, 30 more seconds. I didn't come to recruit. I came to share my heart. I came to share whatever's going on here. And I see the spirit of the Lord, of course, is moving as he's moving among all of his people. I came to be the answer, perhaps, and the voice of somebody that's already prayed and said, Lord, here am I. Send me. And you may not know where, but maybe you'll hear his voice tonight in something Gloria said or I said. And there's opportunity that's unlimited, whether it's on the outside or whether a specific thing that the Lord is really, really, it's really palpitating in my heart. Oh, by the way, they threw me out of the prison over there in FCI because I hugged an inmate. They made an example of me. Everybody was hugging the inmates, but that's beside the point. The Lord allowed that so that he could get me someplace else so I would get some more experience. I would have stayed there. I would have moved into Camp Parks. That's how much in love I am with the women there because you want to pour out everything that God has given you because they're so hungry, so ready, and what a precious venue to preach the gospel. Their hearts are broken open and a whole lot easier than out here in many places where people are so self-satisfied and don't understand what they don't have. So uh, full circle, these many years later, um, we've, the doors are open again and we're going in. Uh, they have established a pre-release mentoring program that we begged them for, prayed for 20 years ago that has now happened. And so they've called us, again, full circle. And by the way, the one that threw me out, he just left. <laughs> so now I can go back in <laughs> um, as, as God wills. Uh, anyway, they're begging us, they're asking us if we will partner with them to find mentors and women that hear the call and are willing and ready to take what God's given us and go back in and parent the many unparented children. So with that, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Wonderful to be with you. God bless you. Yeah.
Awesome, awesome. Um, and in just a little bit, uh, they'll be back at the back table. So if you want to ask them questions or how do we get more involved, we're, we have a lot of literature back there from uh, Tri-Valley City Serve. Um, time is quickly moving past. And, and um, I, I'll just say some of you have been around long enough. Back in the day, our, our ending time used to be whenever we ended. <laughs> but for some of you that are here for the first time, you're like, is this ever going to end? Yes, it will. Um, typically, typically nine o'clock, Suzanne went over to the children to see if they would watch them for 15 more minutes. I'm just letting you all know we're, we're going to go to about nine 15. I think we can get it all done who we had. Cause I want to honor who, who there's just some other amazing stories. Um, Terry, are you Terry Lawrence? I don't see you, but I know you're out there somewhere. Make your way. This way, Terry. This is Terry Lawrence. Um, do you want to be up there? Or down here? Okay, okay. So mo- most of you know this, but Terry has a, a ministry in San Francisco. She's uh, a part of Blazing Fire family, but ministers in San Francisco in in some of the low-income hotels where there's a lot of needs. And I just invited her to share a little bit and see how we might get involved with her. So, um, there's a lot going on in San Francisco. Father is up to some really good stuff. And um, he invited me to come to San Francisco about 12 years ago to help take the city. Now, if you knew, if you know me, apart from Blazing Fire, my friends and family would vote me the least likely person to take the city, which makes me a perfect candidate for what God wants to do, right? Amen. And it also means that any of you can help take your city wherever you are, wherever you wherever God has called you. So tonight, I just want to, if you have a particular heart for the poor, for the outcast, and for San Francisco, you might want to join me from time to time. So um, being organized is not one of my spiritual gifts. But uh, lately, uh, we have been meeting the last Sunday of the month in San Francisco to serve a meal to uh, folks in one of the uh, oh you like that one of the uh, one of the uh, drug hotels there and it was really cool when Brent um, showed the banqueting table Holy Spirit flashed because we've been having a fold-out table with food on it to feed the folks, and then they're coming through to get lasagna. They love lasagna and salad and other stuff. And these folks really and truly, 8 out of 10, when I I come a little early to warn them we're going to have food, um, they say, oh, I was wondering if I was going to eat today. So that's a real, true reality. Now, he doesn't have me come every day they think that. And um, he just has me come the one time a month for that particular purpose. But it's like they're just 
it's he's really done a lot because I I've been doing this for about nine years and I used to hand out lunches or do more one-on-one -on -one because I didn't have a lot of people to help me. And I would even get a few complaints, but there haven't been complaints since uh, Christmas. Yay, God! Everybody is just so thankful to have loving people show up with a smile on their face and no agenda, but just to bless the folks. And then we get blessed, too. And then if more people come, uh, we have opportunity to go uh, visit people in the rooms later and pray with them. We've been doing that anyway, but the more people we have, the more opportunity for that. And then another really exciting thing is um, we have been taking plates of food out to the street where the drug dealers and the hookers and and the folks are that don't live in the hotel so they can get fed. And then last month it was really cool because the hotel desk clerk even let people come in off the street, which is, it's a Sunday, so there's no regulators there or anything. But Monday through Friday they're much more strict. So God is really doing cool stuff. As far as taking the city, I can tell you prophetically that the atmosphere has opened up amazingly over that area and over the whole city. And a good part of it is just showing up as Jesus, with Jesus, ministering to Jesus, the least of these. And and Father does the whole everything else and it's a total complete amazing wonderful joy fest so praise god and if you're interested come on down okay. here's your bible she is truly one of the greats in the kingdom um i mean y'all are but but to have her just go for it like that i'm so proud of you terry so proud of you. So did you have a sign-up sheet back there? Did you see that? Yeah, okay, good. So if you want to help out, please. Um, let's see. I'm looking for this. Um, about about um, three months ago, we, uh, we launched uh, our Heart Revival Service and 16 home groups around the Bay Area, um, all over the place, like dotted all over the Bay, which I, I love. Many of you are in the, those groups, and earlier you heard from Russ to get back in. If for some reason you got discouraged and weren't coming, it's exactly where you need to be for that reason. One of the things we want you to do in those groups is as a group, we talked to your leaders earlier today in, in a meeting we had with them, your home group leaders, but we want you as groups to decide together something you want to do together for your region. So that's going to be kind of your homework. Over the next three months, we want you to do something together, all right, for your region. Here is um, a very quick video of uh, just, to, just to kind of inspire you what that might look like. So this month's outreach activation is called Extravagant Love. And uh, we want you to take a group of people out into your city and just love on a particular people group. So you might find the prostitutes and just bless them. 
you might uh, find homeless people. Um, you know your city, so you know uh, what's going to work for you. Uh, but for us, uh, we're going to go out and uh, we're going to love on the homeless tonight. So tonight we went uh, downtown in Reading and there was a man uh, called John sitting on a bench and uh, we got talking to him. He was probably a little bit drunk, um, but uh, we could tell he was cold. He told us he was really cold and uh, we thought, you know, we're out to, to, to express the love of God, so we should, uh, we should go buy him a blanket. Where do you live? I mean, like, are you, is this, is this home right now? Um. So you need a blanket, right? Let's see if we can, we can, see if we can help you up with a blanket. Because you look cold. Yeah. At the core of everything we do in evangelism has to be that we are representing the extravagant love of God. So tonight we... Uh, we uh, went to the store, we bought John a blanket, uh, some clean socks, a couple of bottles of water, and then we, uh, we went, went by a drive-through, got him some food, and uh, that was what we wanted to do. We, we, we just spent the whole night loving on this one man, John, and uh, he was really blessed, and that was just what we set out to do. The extravagant love of God, just stopping for one, one homeless guy, who's on his own at the bus stop and just uh, and just really making his night. It was a good time. Evangelism can't just be about numbers. It's not about filling a quota. At its heart, it's about loving people. It's about expressing God's outrageous love for people. And so again, we're, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing some of the stories back as your as your groups and these home groups start to go out. We're going to hear some of the stories back, and uh, it's what we're alive for. We're alive to fall in love with Jesus and then to give it away. Um, and uh, the last, the very last uh, person I asked to talk uh, tonight, just she's just going to share a quick story is uh, or two is Susan Folkler. Um, the stop for the one that's um, actually a Heidi Baker phrase for those of you that know her. Um, which is just whoever you're with. You can love whoever you're with. Because a lot of times you'll have opportunities to sign up for things, to go give the love away, but really it's it's all the time. It's wherever you go. It's at Walmart. It's at Denny's. It's wherever. And Susan's one of the ones that I know that takes Jesus to work with her and is just so natural about releasing him all the time. I'll let her explain that. This is Pastor Susan Folkler. Thanks, Brent. So I work in a medical office. I'm a physician assistant, so people come to me, of course, for their medical care. But I've learned to just always try and, um, okay, some people just want a prescription or whatever they came for that day. But I'm always trying to listen to the Lord and just see, if, look for an, op an opportunity to see if they want something more. And the story I thought to share tonight um, was actually from a long time ago, but um, before I do anything, I do sozo now. I didn't know anything about inner healing or sozo back, back in the day. Um, this woman came in, and in fact, her friend had called me because she had gotten so 
um, I guess something had happened at work. She had gotten so shut down, so paralyzed. She could not talk anymore. She could not move. She could not do anything for herself. And so her friend brought her in to see me. And I'm like, Anna, I mean, I knew this woman. You know, I'd seen her a number of times. Um, it was just, it was shocking to see. She And I've, I've been in some psych wards a few times, and she looked like one of those. She was shaking. She couldn't make eye contact. And this was not Anna at all. She was a very vivacious, friendly, enjoyable person. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> all I need to do is offer to pray for. Can I pray for you? Because I knew it was either, either we get you better or I'm ha- going to have to take you to the psych ward because, you know, this woman couldn't function. I don't even know what I prayed, to be honest. I didn't know really what to pray other than, God, I am, I just, I'm crying out for my friend. Lord, you need to show up for her. Help her. Come. Be with her. My my Anna, what happened to you? Um, and as I was praying, um, I just felt such love, such compassion for her. And I will tell you, over the years, um, people know when you're coming with love and compassion. People know if you're coming with an agenda. They feel that too. And they don't want it. They don't want to be like like he was saying a number. They don't want to be there to fulfill your sense, your need for purpose, your need to prove something. But real love makes room. And just as I was praying and she was just willing to open up her heart, suddenly she looked up and she said, the darkness just lifted. (laughs) And honestly, I have no idea what happened, Um, but God was good. And she, and I've stayed friends with her ever since. And she's just been up, up and away ever since that time. And I tell you, She'd gone over to the psych ward and got on all of those meds they put them on. She might not be in that position. But I just know love will always make its way, and we all know how to love. And I just, I want to say this. There was a time in my life when I didn't feel like I knew how to love very well at all. And I would not have felt comfortable even trying because I would have felt like I didn't know how to love myself. And so since I didn't know how to love myself, I didn't know how to love others. But you learn to love yourself. It's just going to flow through you. You were created for love. And it's just a natural consequence of loving him, allowing him to love us. It's just going to come through because every single one of you shines. Every, every single one of you is that aroma. Everywhere you go, no matter what you're doing. I mean, I get pat- so many patients coming in, they're going, wow, this is I would have never expected a doctor on a PA to pray for me. I hear that again and again and again. But staying open and aware and tuned in, you might you might be surprised. Because <laughs> y'all, y'all shop, y'all go work somewhere or whatever you're doing, whoever you're meeting, um, they are hungry for the real thing out there. So I would just bless you all to be Jesus out there because they need him and they want him. This is how um, I'd like to finish off, close off the evening. We, we really like to, um, as much as possible, make whatever we're talking about real. Obviously, this was very real tonight, and you can follow up, you know, in the, any ways that you want to, even back there tonight. 
But I, I wanted to do something else. Um, I wanted to ask, um, actually, I believe um, Gloria is going to be in the back as soon as, so actually you can go back real soon. So that no, so in fact, we're going to go back now. And what about you, Leslie? Do you want to go back there to answer? Yeah, I want you to do that in case people want to talk to you. Um, but I'm going to ask that the others that shared, so that'd be Susan and Terry, if you'd come back up here. And um, I wanted to ask you also, Pam, uh, do, you, do you want to do that too? Pam's a liaison, so I just wanted her up here. Um, is that, am I forgetting anyone? I think that's right. And I'm going to stay up here. So the five, four of us, I'm really good at math. One, two, three, four. Okay. <laughs> and Jesus is five. Um, <laughs> we're going to have anointing oil. And this is, if you would like to, um, we're going to invite you to come up. And, and, and um, this is not prayer ministry over you like for you to tell us what you want prayer for this is we're going to anoint you and bless you your hands what we're we're going to symbolically put your hands out we're going to anoint them with oil to um to just say jesus here's my hands i'm offering them to you to use to love and and we're just going to anoint them it's just your way of saying yes all right um the prayer team is there a prayer team that's on for tonight i would love if you guys would pray for people over this way over in front of the uh, piano. So if you're just wanting prayer tonight for yourself, uh, healing, that kind of thing, awesome. We'll just be over there. And so prayer team, prayer team, if you want to get anointed first, then be the first ones in the line here. And uh, again, for the rest of you, this should not take a long time. We're just talking, for those that are doing the anointing, we're just talking, you know, 10 seconds each. This is not going to be a long thing. So bless you and come forward if you'd like. Oh, it's 9.15. Parents, parents, get your kids and bring them back to get their hands anointed with oil as well.